Oh, my relationship with whiskey is on the rocks. <laughs> well, how about yours? Well, this is an episode about something I have enjoyed for years, and I've wanted to do this topic for a long time because, well, I find it tasty. Whiskey. A boomer topic? Yeah, but also a fave of new drinkers. We're going to mix it up, and I'm going to give it to you straight, and some of the stuff you might just find hard to swallow. All about whiskey, with an E and without, on the topic of the quicker liquor on this episode of Street Curb Curiosity. Ah, yes, ma'am. This is an episode all about whiskey, which, look, I know is not everybody's cup of tea, but... But this is not going to be your, I don't know, your usual whiskey podcast. None of that t- tasting trivia bullshit. Like, oh, and in this batch, I'm, I'm getting notes of cherry and tobacco on the front end with a, a little bite on the back. No, no, none of that shit. Or the situation of, dude, me and the bros, we went out, we did a handful of shots of JD, it was phenomenal. No. Let me repeat, No. We're talking about, well, the savory stuff that you drink, that you sip. Well, how do I drink it? It's no reviews of brands and stuff like that. Look, you give me coffee for the things I can change, and give me whiskey for the things I cannot. I'm on a whiskey diet. I've already lost a few days. (laughs) But, But hopefully, you and I can have a sober chat all about whiskey. And, and to start with, look, I know, you Scots and Canadians and my friends in Japan, arigato, I already know there's no E in whiskey, W-H-I-S-K-Y. The rest of us are all heathens because we use an E. But let's start the talk about whiskey, with an E and maybe without the E. And before we get all high and mighty, by the way, all whiskey starts as beer. Mmm. Yeast, malt, water. Who put the yeast in? We all put the yeast in. If you're old enough, you get that joke. Well, then all of that stuff is distilled into what I like to call the nectar of the gods. Well, the water of life. That's the very first reference to whiskey in Gaelic, which I cannot pronounce, but it's U-I-S-G-E. Breathe after that. The water of life. The very first reference of whiskey that you're going to find anywhere. And it all started in mainland Europe. Mainland Europe. Sorry, yes. We could really go all the way back to the Middle East. Those wacky Babylonians in the 2nd century. Then the Greeks. Then it showed up in Italy. Those damned friar monks distilling their mead and beer and wine. Well, as I said, all the swill starts as a beer. But in these monasteries, they brewed it for... Well, let's just say medicinal purposes. (laughs) Yeah, right. But then it moved on to Ireland and Scotland, where they, you, my dear Ireland and Scottish friends, perfected whiskey in about the 15th century. Now, how do I know that they perfected it back then? Well, it really became important about the mid-1600s. And what was this change of events that caused us all to love whiskey? The government bastards started taxing it. They knew they were on to something. And now, ooh, whiskey's mainstream. Whiskey, by the way, is the official beverage of Alabama. Nikola Tesla drank whiskey every single day of his life because, well, it was supposed to help him live to 150, which I don't really think it did. And oh, by the way, a side note, my very dear good personal friend, Elon Musk, is not in any way related, in any way, shape, or form, to Nikola Tesla. Just make a note of it, okay? And when you may think Kentucky is the home of whiskey, 
Well, you may be right because it is the home, the state of Kentucky, to more barrels of maturing bourbon than there are people in the state. You know, 26% of the people who drink enjoy whiskey. That's uh, only number two behind people who drink vodka, which is at 28% of the drinking population. Who drinks the most? People under the age of 25 and people over the age of 55. Kind of an inverse bell curve, you might say. Hmm. Now, what is the matter with you 35, 40-year-old people? Why the hell do you not like whiskey? Ah, and to pull a Captain Kirk to boldly go where no man has gone before, the average age of the listener of this podcast is 40 years old. So a whiskey topic just might not go down that well. But damn it, we are talking about whiskey. Now, 37% of all whiskey drinkers are ladies. One out of three. That's impressive. Speaking of ladies, the very first female-founded Scotch distillery wasn't launched until the year 2017. Other ladies have run places, but nobody has launched one. But this one is in Scotland. Tavadi is the name. Heather Nilsson is her name. Built very close to a closed Royal Air Force base, and you can't buy the stuff yet because it is still aging. Oh, and the Angels, well, they're going to get their share too, if you've never heard that term before. About 2% of whiskey evaporates annually. Remember, it's alcohol. Alcohol evaporates. Anyway, that 2% is called the angel's share. Yeah, and a barrel of this stuff could be up to 40% empty by the time they're ready to bottle, all because of evaporation. Now, for the good stuff, bourbon is suggested to age 6 to 10 years. Scotch, 20 years. Minimum age, however, 2 years for straight whiskey. Same for bourbon. Scotch, 3 years. And if you're a tequila drinker, you got to age that stuff one year at least, but no more than three. And with these barrels, well, it's a lot like tanning your butt in the summer sun. You got to rotate because you don't want to get, well, shall we say, too burnt on one side. You know, the aging is where the flavor comes from. The taste is actually in the barrel, in the wood, charred wood, non-charred wood. And bourbon must be aged in new barrels each and every time. So other booze then can use the barrels down the road to change up flavors. Some boozes move to different barrels to, to, shall we say, make the taste more complex. Ah, it's a bit more oaky with sweet cherries and chocolate. Okay, reality check for me. Now, you might find this hard to believe, but I, dear podcast listener, am not sophisticated enough for all this flavor bullshit. I, I'm just not. I mean, yes, I taste a few things, but either I like the whiskey or I don't like the whiskey. Now, one thing whiskey drinkers do know, it's a big difference from wine. Yes, once the whiskey's in the bottle, it no longer ages. Once wine is in its bottle, it continues to age. What you got is, well, kind of what you got when it comes to whiskey. So that bottle sitting in the cupboard, it ain't getting any better for you. Well, where do we find our whiskey lovers? Well, per capita in the U.S., we are imbibing the most in Kentucky, New Hampshire, and Wyoming. Where are we not drinking whiskey in our fine country? I find these hard to believe, too. Connecticut, New York, and New Jersey. Connecticut, New York, and New Jersey drink the least amount of whiskey per capita in this country. Pennsylvania, which is where this podcast is based out of, we come in 38th. Huh. Globally, it's India, then the United States, France, Japan, then Britain. All volume. India is unique. This is really crazy because, you know, 85% of India follows a religion where they're not allowed to drink any alcohol. But yet, India drinks half of all the whiskey in the world every year. 
That's just crazy. Now, per capita, it turns out to be France, Uruguay, then the United States. Eight out of ten of the countries that drink the most per capita are in the European Union. And all I can say is, you freaking alcoholics? <laughs> oh, the lowest countries in the world? Not really that big of a surprise. Again, religion-driven. Bangladesh, Kuwait, Afghanistan, Yemen, and Saudi Arabia. And, oh, by the way, dude, I got to tell you, we have become such lightweights in this country. We really have. We drank so much more whiskey about 200 years ago. Now, back around 1830 is when we, uh, let's say, we achieved our apex. We peaked in the United States for whiskey consumption. Back then, the average person, okay, adult drinking person, drank about two bottles a week. Two bottles of whiskey every week per person in this country. That's amazing. Now, don't forget, vodka with ice, that damages your kidneys. Rum with ice, that damages your liver. Gin with ice damages your heart. And whiskey with ice damages your brain. All I want to know is, why is ice so dangerous? Oh, no, wait. Now, before you go any further... There are some good, healthy properties to whiskey. And that's not me saying it. This is coming from WebMD. Yes, I did some research. And, now, and you know that if you look up anything on WebMD, like you got a hangnail, you're gonna, by the time you get down to the fourth paragraph, you're going to think you're going to die from something in your sleep because of that hangnail. So WebMD saying good things about a whiskey, it's got to be good. Whiskey contains antioxidants, no carbs, no sugar. It lowers inflammation. It decreases bad cholesterol. I could go on and on and on. But, well, okay, I will. It widens your blood vessels. It relieves cold symptoms. It improves your immunity, helps maintain healthy chemical balances in your brain. Who doesn't need more of that? See, whiskey is good for you. Yes, of course, in moderation. And yes, of course, anything in moderation can be good for you. But from the data that I see, it appears that whiskey might just be a little bit better for you than the average thing you might drink. That's just my opinion only, but let's move on. The largest distillery in the United States is in Lynchburg, Tennessee. They make Jack Daniels there. You looking for a fun distillery tour? Well, look no further than Denver, Portland, Charleston, Washington, D.C., Brooklyn, of course, Louisville, Kentucky. But where are the most? Well, in the states of New York, Cali, Washington, Texas, Colorado, and Pennsylvania. They're the top states. And I've got to give the humble home of this podcast a plug, the city of Philadelphia. There's a few great places here. Red Brick, Stateside, Philadelphia Distillering, New Liberty, all great places for a tour uh, and a taste. Ah, she was only a whiskey maker, but I love her still. Yeah, you think about it. Ah, let's talk brand names, shan't we? What are the favorites in the U.S. of A? Power Gold Label Irish Whiskey, Fireball, Johnny Walker Black, Koval, Jack Daniels. Those are the top names in 2021. Plus, Crown Royal, Maker's Mark, Jameson, McAllen. McAllen, 18-year-old, by the way, is the biggest seller on the planet. And as somebody once said, there are no bad whiskeys, but there are some whiskeys not as good as others. Ah, oh, but you expected me to say Pappy Van Winkle, Blanton's, Eagle Rare, Whistlepig, Booker's, Woodford. Yes, they're all near and dear to my heart, and I love them greatly, but they are not the big sellers in this country. Now, there is a whiskey that is considered to be the worst-tasting whiskey on the planet. There is one that is head and shoulders, 
well, I guess below everybody else. It's called Murray Brewery, 12-year-old, M-U-R-R-E-E. Gets a rating barely over an 18. It's brewed in Pakistan, and no, you're not going to find it anywhere to try it because of export laws in Pakistan. They can't send booze out of the country. Ah, the nose? Well, it's not my nose, but it's been described as weak old burnt socks with a finish that tasted a little bit like plastic. I'm going to throw in some uh, hot summer day dog urine in there, too. Just yummy, yummy stuff. Murray Brewery, 12-year-old. Look it up. Mitcher's Celebration. Well, that's the most expensive whiskey you're going to find. It's about $3,700 a bottle. Old Fitzgerald comes in a couple of hundred bucks cheaper. But as I did some research, I also saw some 15-year-old Pappy from 2016 going for about $5,000 a bottle. Yikes. Now, speaking of Pappy, Pappy story for you. Here in Pennsylvania, you can only buy Pappy Van Winkle via like lottery from the state-run liquor control board. Now, a few years ago, I won the right to buy a couple of bottles. The stuff's good. It's actually really good, but it's not the best. But it's so hard to find, so hard to get. It is one of the holy grails of whiskey, and I think that's true for a lot of other whiskeys. Now, you're looking for the best selection while you're out? Well, look up the Whiskey House the next time you're in San Diego. The Whiskey House has over 1,800 brands for you to choose from. I hear their burgers are pretty good, too. And yes, they have Pappy Van Winkle, including the 23-year-old Pappy Van Winkle. Now, in Philadelphia, there are a couple of bars that do have Pappy. You can buy it by the glass, uh, but you're going to drop about 400 bucks a glass for Pappy in Philadelphia from what I've seen so far. But going back to the Whiskey House, I have their whiskey bar list in the show notes. I got to tell you... Very, very impressive. And speaking of what's not impressive, okay, I got to call this out, and I still see this happening today. It's, uh, shall we say, a personal whiskey pet peeve of mine. Ooh, and by the way, I did an earlier podcast episode all about pet peeves, which I think you will love. But anyway, back to this program. Please, please, for the love of God, stop using really good, no, strike that, stop using really great whiskey for mixed drinks. It is not the same as vodka for a martini. Like I said, I see this a lot everywhere. Some guy trying to impress some woman or his friends. Yeah, 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 I I think I'm going to have an old-fashioned, but let's use Blanton's whiskey. Blanton's? You're not going to find that shit anywhere in Philadelphia to start with anyway, but for an old-fashioned... Blanton's is a sipping whiskey. Uh, No, no, look, I'm not talking about slamming shots back either, but use something like wild turkey or bullet. I mean, you got muddled fruit, sugar, bitters, water, all of this stuff just trashing the real savory flavor of a really great whiskey. Just please stop the insanity. Now, you know the tequila crowd? Well, they have it figured out. They're now sipping tequila. You're not using Casa Draconis in a margarita, are you? Nah, I didn't think you were. Don't waste Jefferson Ocean in a whiskey sour. That's all I'm asking you for. Oh, and let's talk the how we drink this stuff. It's a really big debate. Some drink it without anything, called neat. It's straight out of the glass. Some people enjoy their whiskey on the rocks. And there are folks who will add a little water to their whiskey. Go to some high-end bar. They're going to give you an eyedropper so you could put in a few drops of water in your glass of whiskey to, to, shall we say, unlock and enhance the savory flavors. Snobbery? Yeah, might be, but who knows. There's also up. Now, you want your whiskey cold, but not on ice. 
shaken or stirred. Well, they put it in ice, they shake it up, then they drain it into a glass. Yummy, nice and chilly. Now, I personally, I keep a glass in the fridge. It chills down my whiskey without, without any extra effort. Now, a few years ago, there were actually also rocks you could use. I'm talking like actual rocks. You keep them in your freezer and you chill your whiskey that way so it's an ice-cold rock without ice so the ice isn't melting, watering down your whiskey. Winston Churchill did not like the taste of London water, so he added whiskey and learned to deal with the taste. The taste of the water, that is. Oh, and I made another observation. Do you ever see people drink in television when they pour whiskey? It's never a Manhattan or an old-fashioned or even on the rocks. They grab the glass, they pour some in one glass, they pour some in another glass. They're drinking their whiskey straight all the time. Name the show. And oh, by the way, drinking in television, it is actually not illegal, but back in the day, operators, well, they had to be in control of the broadcast, and that included the transmitters and a bunch of other stuff. So if you were considered tipsy and the readings were off on the equipment, you could lose your license, even get fired for that. So it became a, a taboo to really drink on television, but you may have heard some radio people get drunk on radio or see people on TV get drunk on TV. There's nothing really legally against it, but it's still a pretty big taboo today. Yeah, as they say, too much of anything is bad. Well, but too much good whiskey, well, that's barely enough. And you can thank Mark Twain for that one. But I guess it is time to wrap up this episode, because as I said, too much of anything is bad, and too much of this podcast is certainly too bad, and I need a refill anyway. So to you, my dear podcast listener, cheers from all of us, well, me, at Street Curb Curiosity.